This week on the Sport Blokes. This week, a big-name injury leaves Oklahoma City thunderstruck. What's your best defense against a hole-in-one? The swimsuit edition proves to be a double fault for one tennis tournament. <laughs> and the AFL finals are nearly here. Oh, they sure are. We'll give our tips too. Let's go. It's 7.28 on Sunday, the 28th of August, 2022. Just kicked over as well. So yes, yes. Good, very fresh. Good timing. <laughs> And, well, I think we've got to open with an apology here. We did say this week we'd be showing the – well, not showing, playing the uh, – and funnily enough, you, you mentioned our viewers <laughs> the other time oh, yeah. as well. <laughs> People that watch the screen. <laughs> yeah. We said that our 1991 redraft would be this week, but our kind of schedule's changed a little bit, so we've got more of a normal recappy episode, so – we will punt that to next week. So apologies if you've tuned in for the 1991 redraft episode, but you've probably already seen by the title that that is not this week. And as I say, we'll pl play that next week. As we do normally with these sort of episodes, what caught your attention? What'd you miss? Well, actually, before we get to that... Oh, sorry, you have a... Yes, I also have a correction Public to make. service announcements. Yes, so this actually comes from our latest Choke special when we were talking about the replay of the St Kilda Collingwood 2010 Grand Final I'd sort of mentioned that all Stephen Milne had needed was the ball to sort of just bounce through for a point and they would have won the game. But in actual fact, it did bounce through for a point. They needed it to sit up and him to kick a goal for them to win. So apologies. I did get that slightly wrong, but... The memory fades a little. Hundreds does. of things to yes, remember. there is. There is. But yes, a couple of things did catch my attention this week. The first one's a really random thing. I was doing the whole flicking through YouTube, looking at shorts and all that sort of stuff. And sure enough, something pops up talking about hole-in-one insurance. Okay. And I'm looking at it thinking, holy one insurance, what's that all about? And they go on to talk about the tradition in golf, which I'm sort of used to is if someone has a hole in one, which I've only, actually, I've only ever seen one in person. It was a group behind us one time, but no one in my group's ever had one. But if you do, the tradition is that you buy everyone that you're playing with around. That's part of, I guess, the tradition. So I thought, okay, well, what, why do you need insurance for that? Yeah, yeah. But in certain cultures, so ah, in Japan okay. in particular, right. the person who has a hole-in-one actually has to throw a very lavish party. Right. And so it can get very expensive. And thus, insurance companies will actually have hole-in-one insurance. Fancy that. There very, you go. Very fancy, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, It actually is offered by a few companies in Australia as well, which I thought was really random. And when you consider how few people actually have one in their entire lives, it's actually a really canny way of making money as an insurance company. Yeah, no, good point. Good point. Yeah. So I thought and, that was funny. Can you imagine like being scrimping and saving your money to play around at a nice golf course and then hitting a hole in oh one? Oh my god. And not having the money to throw the party afterwards. Jeez. Yeah. And Interesting. We, there and, you go. Look, I've been to Japan. I have been out in Roppongi, which is where all the expats go, and a lot of the, the Japanese businessmen will go there and my God, do they party. Yeah, right. Like they party hard. There you go. So there you go. it would cost you a lot. It actually did kind of get me thinking about a couple of cartoons. I watch a lot of adult cartoons. Not not though not that <laughs> that kind. I, I guess more like the Family Guy. Yeah, like yeah. Family Guy and the Simpsons and a few of those other ones. And it reminds me. watch The Simpsons though? No, well, no, not anymore. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I watched a full episode of The Simpsons. But it actually reminded me of when Lisa sold Homer that anti tiger rock. Oh, yes, so yes. saying this, this rock says it protects you against tigers. <laughs> he just pulls out a water cash and buys it. Um, or when Peter Griffin bought volcano insurance. Ah, okay. Which is, uh, yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, indeed. That's a new one for me. There mm. you go. Now, the other thing, kind of thought I should maybe put this in the football codes, but there's not really enough EPL to talk about just yet. Four weeks in, there's, yeah, there's been some interesting things. Man United started off a bit iffy. They've kind of... Yeah, made, like I mentioned, yeah, which caused uh, Ronaldo to... 
smash phones out of autistic kids' hands. Yeah, so. not a not a great look for him. Yes, yes. They've, they've sort of come good. Leeds are doing quite well. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah two and one in the first three. I haven't seen this weekend's result actually. Well, actually, have they played? They have played. They yeah. lost one nil. Oh, okay. That's two right. and two. Yeah, not too bad. And, and so I did want to just quickly mention though one of the scores overnight. Liverpool defeated Bournemouth. I shouldn't even say defeated. They annihilated them. Mm. Not nine nil. Yes. And from all accounts, it should have been thirteen or fourteen. Right. The goalkeeper actually pulled off some pretty decent saves on top of being beaten nine times. Mm. And that tied the record for the most goals in an EPL game without conceding. The other three times, Man United over Southampton last year, Leicester City over Southampton in 2019, and Man United over Ipswich Town in 1995. There you go. So, yeah, there have been some real hammerings over the years, but you don't see nine very often. Mm. 95 would have been the early days of the APL. Yeah, first few years. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've got a suspicion it was like 91, 92-ish. Yeah, give or yeah. Take, it probably but, would have, yeah, you're right. It probably would have been a few after, yeah. But it is a long time ago. 20, it is, yeah. Well, 27 years this year. Yeah. Oh, my God. Makes us feel old. Yes. Oh, I tell you what, I picked up my girlfriend from the pub on Friday night after I had my fantasy draft, and we'll talk about that as well for the NFL. A lot of young-looking kids out there. On uh, James Street, lining up for clubs and stuff. Oh, yeah. It just yeah, made me feel very old. Yep. Yeah. I'll stick to the Irish pubs and my pints of Guinness and forget all that other stuff. Yeah, I'll stick to drinking at home. <laughs> she can't remember the last time I had a drink at home, to be honest. Anyway, but uh, how about yourself, mate? What caught your attention? Well, one weird and one not so good. Where do we start? Should we start with the not so good? Yeah, go on. Get that out of the way. Yeah, look, I won't go too far into this, but former Olympic swimmer Scott Miller has been charged with... An investigation into the supply of more than $2 million or at least four kilograms worth of the drug ICE. He's also been charged with directing a criminal group between a year and a half period approximately. His lawyers are arguing that he was suffering from post-elite sport depression. Sounds like a new one. Hmm. It would be a real thing though. Like when when you've worked your entire life to play a particular sport or something, it would be pretty confronting when you finish. Uh, Not well, that I'm giving excuse to no, come no, out and no. sell ice and, and commercial scales. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people get into different things after they finish up. He obviously got into sales and he heard he could sell, yeah. sell ice to Eskimos. <laughs> yeah. Not a job you'd be uh, headhunted on LinkedIn, I wouldn't think. No, yeah. probably not. Have you seen this bloke called the Iranian Hulk, Stewie? He's a massive unit. Well, apparently he is. So Sajad Garibi, who is known as the Iranian Hulk, as I mentioned, he's claimed he weighs 178 kilograms. And when you see photos of this bloke, like, whew, he looks like a man mountain. There's no doubt about that. The only issue I potentially have with that weight is that he could be 98% helium because he well, does look like he's sort of yeah, blown yeah. up a bit like a balloon. Well, anyway, so a bloke known as the Kazakh Titan has come out and said, well, basically he thinks that the Iranian hulks, it's all smoke and mirrors. It's all Photoshop and he's not nearly as imposing in person as he is on Instagram and such. That's so that, that's that, a... that whole Iranian-Kazakh feud that's been probably... Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But he was going to enter a bit of a career in boxing. So his fight with a bloke called Martin Ford's been cancelled a boxing fight. And, and Ford said, I think he's just fooled the world with Photoshop, if I'm honest. Seeing him in real life is not as impressive as seeing him in the pictures. So disheartening, I think, is the word. He was tiny. He didn't look anything like he had made out. That was the first time I'd seen him in real life. He was big, probably bigger than 114 kilos, but he wasn't scary big. He just felt like a big kid that didn't really train, if I'm being honest. He was supposed to be twice my size. So there you go. Mm -mm. Not the first person to be caught out for photoshopping uh, themselves. Maybe on. he's like an action figure. He looks like one. He, he does. Yeah. Yeah, he does look 
no. not healthy. It yeah. looks wrong. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, what'd you miss, mate? Well, going back to last weekend, I missed the second half of that sensational Collingwood and Carlton game from round 23. It was my daughter's birthday the Sunday before, but my wife had been working. So we kind of told her that her birthday was a week later. <laughs> it's the good thing about them being free. Yeah, you can just tell them yeah. anything. Yeah. Birthday's in another seven sleeps. That's fine. So we celebrated it a week later with the family and we were out at a park running around and I sort of was keeping an eye on the game. So, well, you've got to be a good father, don't you? You can't. Oh, I've got to be an adequate father, <laughs> at least. But well, it's not finals yet, so yeah, yeah, no. yeah, you can look a little bit more when it's finals. I did put the last minute on when I saw. The- <laughs> oh, it was a cracking. Yeah. yeah, I didn't watch the whole game. I saw the second half. Yeah, I, I saw the pies that got in front after yeah. being four goals oh, down. I thought, right, we've got to see. Plus, my father-in-law is a Collingwood supporter, so I yes, thought, true. Yes. Chuck it on for him. I'm sort of yelling from the other side of the park. The pies are in front. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "What?" <laughs> so yeah, it was on, amazing. Had a bit of a look. Yeah, it, it was. A, Amazing. An amazing finish to the uh, the regular season. Yes, indeed. Yes, we'll talk about that more in our football code segment. Well, indeed. How about yourself, mate? Well, I missed the, the 50 over match against Zimbabwe today, unfortunately. Australia versus Zimbabwe. I'll tell you what, it got no coverage at all, did it? No. Like, no one talked about it. The, there's been so little press about it, which is really disappointing. One of the notifications I got about it had said that it was a T20. I'm like, how the fuck did Zimbabwe make 200? Oh, right. I, yeah. I, I panicked, thinking, oh, my God, they're going to struggle to chase that down. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Yeah. What has happened here? But yeah. yeah, sure enough, it was a, a, a T50, I guess. Yes, yes. And Australia got home in a bit of a canter, really. But we'll talk about that when we talk cricket. An Ennis canter, if you will. No, oh, indeed. A cricketing Ennis canter. Hmm. So, sadly, we have the title to our episode already, Shui. You came up with it almost instantly when a terrible injury happened, and I'll throw to you because it's your team and it's your first-round pick. Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck, indeed. Yeah. It was only a matter of time, wasn't it? I get all excited about this, what looks like not even a generational talent, but a guy who is incredibly tall, incredibly long, could potentially revolutionise the way that Thunder play basketball. Yeah, certainly had all the tools. Very intriguing prospect. Very mouthwatering prospect for many people. Absolutely. But I have to say, when I read the other day that he was going to be playing one of these pro-ams, I legitimately, under my breath, said to myself, watch him get injured. Mm. And not even two hours later, it's popping up on my feed. Chet Holmgren goes down with ankle injury. I'm thinking, you've got to be fucking kidding me. (sighs) Yep, the Liz Frank, as they call it. The Liz, Liz Frank, Frank. Like the yeah. Injury, yes. yeah, 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 more than an ankle. I, oh, yeah, they're, no. they're saying it'll put him out for the season. Well, I mean, there's people rumbling going, Oh, this could be career threatening, but I'm not sure if it's quite mm, that serious. Yeah, but... I don't know about that. Yeah, so yeah, he's defending LeBron in a one on one in the fast break. He lands a little bit funny, and as you say, season ending ligament damage. And I think for me, immediately my thoughts were, Oh, god, like doom and gloom. But the more I think about it, the more it doesn't actually sort of strike me as the worst thing that could possibly happen. Before we get there, let's talk about the injury stuff. So he's one of those blokes that just looks like he could snap in half at any moment. And I, do, I honestly do not mean that in a mean way. Well, when you see him, he is incredibly thin. Well, I can speak to that very quickly, funnily enough. So if you look at the the BMI, so the body mass index, there's only two guys in the league that have a lower BMI than him. Oh, wow. They're both his teammates. Uh, oh, okay, what, Dieng and Poku? Yep. Yeah, right. Usman <laughs> Dieng and Alexei Pokashevsky both. Yeah, right. And there's only one player 
aside from those two in NBA history that has a Manute lower ball. than Manute Bowl. Oh, right. He's way lower. He's yeah, like yeah. 17. I saw a photo of him swimming in a pool the other oh. day. Did you see that on Twitter? That was so weird. <laughs> like Slender Man swimming. Yeah, yeah. It was just, ugh. So, yeah, I mean, obviously when you have that sort of bare white, it, there is the concern, as you say, that you could just basically snap. Yeah, yep. And we saw it in the preseason. There were a couple of bigger guys. Kenny Lofton absolutely took him to the cleaners because of the size. Yeah. And that, well, and that's the obvious way to try and beat him. That's that's how you try it. That's, yeah. The big guys will do that. Yeah. So you've kind of got to use him a little bit more as a help side guy. But yes, definitely. That being said, though, I read that apparently he's had a pretty good run with injuries, even through early high school. So up to this point, he's actually had a pretty good run. So it's a real shame that on the eve of his NBA career, it's now going to be basically delayed a year. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting you say delayed a year because that's sort of the reason why I'm not actually panicking at this stage. There's actually a pretty decent case for these things happening and not actually impacting players' careers. Now, there's obviously other sort of end of the spectrum stuff, yeah, which, yep. which we'll talk about in a second, but I'm going to rattle off a few guys. Well, just in Philly alone, there's been Embiid and Simmons, for example. Correct. Yep. So, yeah, Joel Embiid missed his first two seasons, only played 31 games in his third season. He's now got career averages of 26 in 11, five all-star nods, four all-NBA second teams, three all-defensive second teams, in discussion for MVP every season now, it seems. Yep. Ben Simmons, as you say, missed his first year with a fractured foot, three-time all-star, all-NBA third-team player. You've had Blake Griffin missed his entire first season with a broken kneecap. He ended up as a six-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA player. And then there's some jury out guys, I'm guessing you're going to say. So like Jaron Jackson Jr., Marvin Bagley the third. Who else recently? Well, Julius Randle was the other one. I was oh, yeah, talk Julius about. Randle. I forgot about him. Yeah, like, okay. Played 14 minutes of his rookie season before breaking his leg. He's an all-star caliber Yeah, player. yeah, 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 yeah. Got well, a massive contract from the Knicks. Didn't and... have a great season last season. We know that. But... Yeah, yeah. But he was like, he wasn't shit. No. Yeah. Not at all. Bagley, I'm, I'm very much jury out on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr., though, he is a stud. Defensively, he isn't. He is well, one of the I, no, but but the jury's out in the sense that if if these blokes are made of glass, they can't have a great career if they're always injured. True. So so yeah, uh, he's a tantalising prospect, but he needs to stay healthy. He he does. Yeah. And look, obviously, there's the concern on the other end. You've got guys like Greg Oden who played what 130 odd games or something yeah, for his yeah. entire career. Yep. Yeah. Sam Bowie before him in Portland. Nolan Noel's another one. I mean, he's. He's been solid, but... Yeah, was that injury, though, or was that just not living up to potential? That was both. Yeah, that I think a lot of that's not living up to potential. It was, it was a bit of both, though. I mean, and, and look, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, Noel has been in the league nine seasons, so he's done a lot better than some of these other guys, but he's played... He's just a veteran journeyman, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, but he's played 30 or less games in four seasons. Yeah, So okay. yeah. There's, there's a lot of that sort of stuff in there. Yep. So I guess the big question, can we blame the Pro-Am setup for this? Well... <sighs> I'm not sure that you can, to be honest. I think you can get injured anywhere. I mean, like on your mountain bike, for example. Oh, the old Jaden Stevenson BMX tree. Exactly, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I mean, that's a different sport, but then there's the basketball one yeah, who's can... a new Perth Wildcat. Yeah, you can uh, injure yourself cutting avocados. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of ways. I, I agree entirely. And obviously, yeah, as I said, the knee-jerk reaction was, oh, why the fuck are they playing in these games? Why don't I just censor myself then? Well, you know, Almost. It's, it's up to you. You can self-censor if you like. I don't know why I did that all of a sudden. <laughs> it, it's one of these things, though, yeah, it's very easy because it's my team to go, oh, they shouldn't be playing in these games. But, I mean... It could have happened. It could have happened 
playing in the gym on his own. It could have happened in a three-on-three, a five-on-five scrimmage. It could have happened on the driveway. It could happen anywhere. Yeah, It could slip in Aaron Baines, for example, that horrible situation. Yeah, injury can strike at any time in any way. Exactly. I mean, the the prime thing is the other the thing I find funny about the primes is people are like, oh, such and such scored fifty points or sixty points. It's like, yeah, but literally this is against plumbers and firemen in some yes, cases, you is. know. But so that's what? the thing about the prime circuit I find weird. But me, the plumbers and and firemen have done really some well. some of them are all right. Yeah, they've yeah. done really well. There was one game it was like Obi Toppin and a couple of other NBA players and. They got beat. Yeah. Yeah, so, right. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. so they're actually the, the plumbers and firemen have done all right. It, it is, yeah, it, that this is one of the things and one of the reasons why I think the Pro-Ams have to keep going. You've mentioned it. You know, It gives guys like Peyton Pritchard. He scored 92 in a game last year. Yeah, it's absurd. Isaiah Thomas dropped 81 the week before that. Bones Highland had 62 earlier this month. It gives guys, and this is something that Holmgren actually tweeted out, it gives people who maybe don't have the income to go and see these NBA-caliber players playing in the NBA. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It yeah. gives these players a chance because they're all free. Yeah. You get there early enough, you get into the gym, you watch these guys play. The entourage that was with LeBron James keeping him safe, but you should have seen he was engulfed by this group of people. These are people that, yeah, in all theory... It might be their best chance to see them live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See them. So yeah. I think it's a really great chance for them to engage with these players. And look, there's been one precedent I could find. Brandon Knight did his ACL in 2017 at one of these. But aside from that, this is the first injury of note. So really, when you consider all of the games that have been played, to only really have two injuries of any sort of note, is it's a pretty good return. In some ways, I find it interesting that teams allow their players to play. I'm surprised the contracts don't disallow it in some ways. Well, the NBA sanctioned. But yeah, exactly. So, yeah. That, so all the NBA sees it as a marketing. There's value in the marketing. Absolutely. So so Jay Williams is the other one we didn't talk about, of course. The Duke point guard who was terribly... We basically ruined his career. He's a very good analyst now on ESPN, but yep. basically ruined his career due to a motorbike accident. Bobby Hurley did the same. Bobby Hurley, another Dukey. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of those. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... The easiest way to summarize this is it fucking sucks, but it puts OKC back in the mix for the Wembenyama Rama, which is what I'm dubbing it now. Yeah, yeah, and of course, given the BMI uh, stats yes. that you gave, they it's taller and skinnier. You sponsor them by Scotch tape. Like, <laughs> get out the the Bruce Reed sticky it's tape. Thicky, sticky Scotch tape. <laughs> That's an old Martin Malloy reference. Yeah. I think. yeah. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I'll be honest. I think there's going to be teams that finish with worse records than them, even with without Chet playing. I think Giddy will be better a year older. And here's the other thing. How much of of these young players' prime can you waste tanking and shutting them down? I think down? it's one more season. I, I mean, this, if, I'm, if I'm SGA, if they shut me down, I'm like, if you you can fucking trade me. I'm getting sick of this shit. You know what I mean? Like, if, he, if, if you're playing... I don't know, 30 or 30, even 30 less games because the team's pretending you're injured. I don't know. I think for a young bloke in his near prime or heading towards prime, they got to be really careful with can, the culture. Can I just throw out the hypothetical lineup? Yep. Giddy at the point, SGA at the two, Lou Dort at the three, Hongren at the four, Wampanyama at the five. <laughs> like, that's it. That's your, that's your future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that would be amazing. Like, yeah. if you play with that for the next five years, yeah. you would expect them to win it. Maybe not a championship, but you'd expect them to contend. Yes. Well, they'd struggle against some of the bigger centres, for example, and the bigger power forwards. Hey. 
Well, because if you back down Holmgren and you turn around, all of a sudden you've got a guy with a seven foot fucking 63 wingspan. Yeah, but you can draw fouls on the skinny guys finishing through contact. You can, but if, if I mean, if, if you think about a guy like Embiid, oh, it's a, it's an amazing, it's a, it's an amazing thought. If he goes straight up and has Wembenyama coming through, and I'm, I'm, I probably keep saying his name. By the way, you can trade out Dort for Dieng, and then you're even taller and skinnier. True. In that lineup. Very true. Yeah, yeah with Poker coming off the bench. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I look, I'm not convinced that, that the Thunder will finish with a bottom three record. They might be a bottom five or six. But, hey, it's a lottery, so you could still get the number one pick. But, by the way, I think that... Who's going to finish below? Well, the Spurs will, definitely. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I, definitely, definitely. Because we'll we'll trade Pirtle to the highest bidder, which will make us even worse. Uh, we don't have a lot of big man depth. The Spurs will, definitely. If Utah bottom out and get rid of Mitchell... They, they have the potential to. Orlando, for example. Well, Orlando got better in the draft. That, yeah, yeah, but they're still young. Detroit, even, potentially, although they're, they they're starting. The they did. They this, did. this is the thing. All the teams that, that would be in contention with us for that worst record also got better in the draft. And yeah. They, and, and their guys are actually healthy. So, yeah. I'm yeah, not... yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah. It'll be interesting. Giddy will be better, though, and and they, they will. I don't know. I think the will to win will be a little bit stronger in OKC amongst the players. Yeah. And if you start shutting guys down, the players might start asking for trades. It's a very delicate time it is. for the Thunder. It just, I think it just comes down to you saying to them, hey, last one. Like, yeah. This is, this is yeah. it. Try to tell that to a 24-year-old kid. I, look, I, yeah, get, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But, you know, you just say, look, let's just see if we can get Victor because you yeah. you add him into that lineup. Oh, my God. But even if you didn't get him, there's some good draft like Scoot, um, the Thompson Twins. Uh, I'm trying my hardest. Not to, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm trying as <laughs> On Twitter, when someone did you see that? No. Oh, someone asked about the Thompson twins, and I posted a link to the song um, "Hold Me, me Now." <laughs> yeah, luckily right, they took it well. We did it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. All right, we're going to move on. We've talked about that for long enough, I reckon. <laughs> Kevin Durant. Okay. Yes. As much as we don't like talking about the guy, we've got to talk about this very quickly. He's well. Is it any surprise? Yeah. Well, he's basically the Tom Brady of the NBA. Well, no one, they, no one had anything to give for him enough mm. where he'd then go to it. Yeah. Yeah. So not at all surprised. It looks like he's finally decided he's going to run it back in Brooklyn. Yeah. Which is odd considering when you think about it, like a couple of weeks ago, he's asking them to get rid of head coach, Steve Nash and general manager, Sean Marks, but mm. he's running it back. And if you look at the team, okay, this is the Nets team. I'm going to run you through their depth chart. So, oh yeah. It's, it's incredible on paper. Yeah. They're just about the best team in the league. So point guards, Kyrie Irving, Patty Mills, Edmund Sumner, Shooting guards, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Cam Thomas. Small forward, Kevin Durant, Royce O'Neal. Power forward, Ben Simmons, TJ Warren. There's center. talk Simmons will play centre. Well, yeah. Have I mean, you heard that? Starting centre. I mean, you've got Nick Claxton and Dayron Sharp that can run there as well. But Yes, yeah, I'm a big fan of Nick Claxton. Like, this is a team that, if they're healthy, they would rival any roster oh, in the yeah. league. The TJ Warren was a massive pickup. Great like, pickup. Like, they're super thin. I actually think they should go after DeMarcus Cousins shore up that sense of rotation a little bit more. Aside from that, though, uh, yeah, I don't understand why he even wanted out in the first place. It's funny you say that. Apparently, Philly's the front runner for Cousins I saw today. Okay. Yeah. No, but I think Cousins, yeah, they should. It'd be a great fit. It'd be be a better better roll of the dice than DeAndre Jordan was a couple of years ago, for example. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Did you read the statement? No. We have agreed to move forward with our partnership. It's kind of the devil's in the detail there a little bit. Yeah, it's still bit. a bit, it's a bit reluctant, isn't it? It's it's almost like, oh, yeah, we realize that uh, 
we weren't going to get a trade that satisfied everyone. So we're reluctantly moving forward. I don't know. I called for it. I wasn't surprised and I'm not surprised. And 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 doing the rounds on the Talking Heads show, like like Stephen A. Smith, for example, has been big on, look, KD, give it one year. Then if you want to ask for a trade, okay, maybe. And I think that that's maybe what's playing out here. So you're not going to get a war chest for him. He's, he no. turns 34 before yeah. the season, and he's about. got injury history. Exactly. I mean, he's amazing. There's no denying how good he is. Still, but why risk your future on him? Agreed. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I mean, we've said it all before. Yeah. I, I think run it back in Brooklyn. They they're a bloody good chance of contending. Absolutely, they are. Yeah. If they put it all together, and there's so there's there's a lot of pressure off Simmons now. He doesn't need to be a scorer. He can do all the things that he's good at doing, like running the floor. Passing the ball, playmaking, grabbing rebounds, playing defense. Well, so, funnily enough, passing is probably the one thing that team needs more than anything. Yeah, no, it's almost the best place for Simmons. It, it's a really, it's yeah, you got scoring if, everywhere. If if they can get the chemistry right, they they'd have to be one of the favorites. Yeah, yeah. You just can't have him on the floor with Nick Claxton at the same time. I don't think that'd work well. No, maybe not. Given the free not throw for lengthy issues, periods. but yeah, 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 but the rest of it looks really good. Are you surprised Steve Nash survived that? I thought he might be the one that would be ceremonially outed, kind of. Well, I think he probably looked at it and said, well, I mean, he, he actually, funnily enough, he probably looked at it the same way as Coscomo did. He's like, what, you... take on a few more portfolios? No, but, no, well, Appoint no, himself no, GM Co- and assistant. Coscomo, not, not Oh, Coscomo. Oh, sorry. Oh, thank you for using the right vernacular. No, yeah. More, more so, like, if you want to push me out, you're going to have to pay me. But, oh, of course. But no, I'm... no. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying he would have walked. Are you not surprised that he wasn't sacked? Sorry, I should have phrased that differently. I think they probably looked at it and went, well, until we know what's happening with Durant, I mean, if he buggers off, why would we get rid of Steve Nash? Well, because he probably shouldn't have been hired in the first place. Probably. Durant, wanted, Durant was the one that wanted him. Well, He's got no head coaching experience. The, the, I mean, the, the popular one is Mark Jackson sitting there, Brooklyn native, very good true. point guard, has head coaching experience. Does Steve Kerr have any head coaching experience before he started with a... Uh, he had GM experience, and I think he was better prepared. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Still, anyway, look, yeah. is what it is. Now, one guy who wasn't too excited about how long it took KD to make his mind up was Patrick Beverly, <laughs> who tweeted, y'all can sit and don't say nothing, but that ain't cool. It's dudes with families out here who haven't got a job because of this KD shit. And to be on and off ain't cool. Blessing gang. What do you make of that? I I don't even understand half of it. What was the end there? Oh, blessing gang. Don't even worry about that shit. Yeah, what does that mean? But he's basically saying like guys have decisions to make and they he's holding up free agency by not making a decision. Yeah, right. Well, but he did make a decision. He demanded his trade. Yeah, but he's sort of saying like, oh, you wanted a trade now, you're rescinding that demand and saying you'll stay. Oh, okay. And make up your mind because other guys need... Well, Pat Beverly's been around the league long enough to know that the stars rule the roost and that's always going to be the way. But does he owe anyone anything? Like, he's making a decision for himself. Why does he have to worry himself with... Well, I think it's the old sign of four-year max and then after you've been paid a year to rehab an injury. it's I think it's the scenario and the details, the, the, the context. Yeah, but he's he's saying, oh, look, you should have made a decision earlier. You knew what you wanted to do. Other guys are waiting to make the decisions. So what? Yeah, I don't know. I probably do side a bit with Beverly here. Really? Okay. Well, I think Katie's like... He's a prick. Don't get yeah, me wrong. exactly. Like, like, it's like you chose your coach, you want him out. You wanted them to trade for Hart. They did everything. And, and again, I don't want to retread the ground that we've covered a, a number of occasions now, but they gave him everything he wanted. He signed a four-year Supermax. Like, dude, just suck it up. 
at least give it a year. Yeah. So I don't know. I do kind of understand I, to be honest. I get compl- I get that. Like I'm not I'm not shying away from the fact that he's a prick. I, I completely think that, completely <laughs> as, think a former, that, as a former as a former thunder player. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he is a bit of a douche. And and he has been, and this is one of the things, funnily enough, Robbie brought up on the throwback hoops episode. It was 40. I haven't uh, listened to the newest one yet because I was uh very much prepping for my fantasy draft. So I'm go. one behind on this, yeah. But uh, no, he was sort of talking about how he's become a yeah, a real just a real nightmare guy and, and a real dickhead, basically. Well, and, just another diva, yeah. And I agree. But, but I guess my thing is, like, if guys are so concerned about their families, then they should take what the best option is that's available. I mean, it's the same that you and I would do. I mean, if we're looking after our families and someone gives us a couple of options, we would take whatever the best option is for us. Okay, yes, if you get a chance to play for a, a championship, that's amazing. But if you're waiting and relying on what Kevin Durant does to decide what you want to do, I don't think it's so much the players' wait. I think the GMs and the teams wait, though. That's the thing. So, so okay. I okay. think that's what it is, okay. to be honest. Yep, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. That is fair. You've reminded me of something from Hustle. I finally watched it, but we're going to talk about that on our next episode we, we record tonight. We so will. that'll come out in a few weeks. But Speaking of Pat Bev. Yes, traded. It, yeah, it seems that that news didn't even matter because he got traded from the Jazz to the Lakers for Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. What do you make of the trade? First things first, I'm I'm astonished that Minnesota didn't keep him. He's such a valuable player to have on young teams with no proven track record of success or even playoff appearances. I just, I'm I'm amazed. I understand why Utah wouldn't keep him because they're bottoming out, I think. Yeah, it doesn't fit their timeline. Yeah, yeah. But but Minnesota, I'm still scratching my head why Minnesota would have let him go because I think he was really, I, I think they might regress without him, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I think it's really good for the Lakers. He's the sort of bloke that every team probably needs. And he's the sort of bloke that you hate him if he's on the opposition, but you love him if he's on your team because he's got a lot of mongrel in, a lot of mongrel, and he plays D. Well, that's one. Of, what are the two things that the Lakers struggled with last season? You mentioned that D and three point shooting. Exactly. Yeah. So they were twenty first in both. Right. Now Pat Beverly, we know is as you say, he's a mongrel. He's a defensive pest. He's been all defensive second team a couple of times. Three point shooting. Pat's been between thirty eight and forty percent five of the last six seasons. And when you think about the shots he's going to be getting with LeBron and AD. Oh, yeah, open in the corner and, and stuff. And Russ, if he sticks around. No, no, no way. <laughs> no way. They hate each other. But you compare that to Horton Tucker, who was 27% last season. Johnson was 31. It's an upgrade there. Absolutely it is. And, yeah, I, I agree entirely. I don't think Westbrook can stay. I'd love – what's the over-under on his career? How many more games will Russ play? 100? He might turn into Carmelo Anthony where there's that... Well, Carmelo little, hung around. But, but there's that little void where nobody wanted him for... Yeah, well, I'm thinking of Iverson. Oh, okay. Who just disappeared like that almost. Very impressive snap. It was a finger snap. I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. Very nice. I love that. Bling, bling. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right, actually. Yeah, I think Russ, the same way as Iverson, wasn't willing to accept that he's not that level anymore. The same way that Melo was. Yeah, when yeah. Someone Mello said, took a while. Yeah, he yeah. came to OKC and someone's like, "Oh, have you considered coming off the bench?" And he's like, "What's this guy asking yeah, to come know, off yeah, the bench?" Yeah. Like it's the same deal. Yeah, yeah. Russell never changed. Iverson never changed. And yeah, it's it's a good question. It's a good question. It makes that uh, tweet where he had the praying hands uh, emoji make a bit more sense mm. now. So clearly, he thought this might have been in the works for a while. I think it's a great deal for the Lakers. Horton Tucker's a really interesting one. They were talking about him being a potential Max guy not so long ago. Yeah, nah. <laughs> he's so, not, he's yeah, not. that's it's interesting. He's, do you know, I actually liken him potentially a little bit to Michael Carter-Williams. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep, When yep. you think about like how Jeez. he... 
how he shot out yeah, of the... Did he have a triple-double in his first ever game? Yeah, like eight steals. Yeah, well. and then just disappeared. And all yeah. of a sudden, it was like he forgot how to play basketball. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he had the same career trajectory as, yeah, as MCW. A very hard one to peg, that one. It it's is. hard to know where that will go. Yeah. Now, we won't really talk NBL. There's a lot of stuff going on in the lead-up to the season. We'll probably do our previews a little, we'll bit, get there, yeah. a little bit down the track. Yeah. The big thing in the NBL at the moment is expansion. There's a lot of talk about that. I mean, you and I were very opposed to another WA team. And I was kind of, I'll fall on my sword here. And I did on Twitter too. I was quoting like my uh, my memory of our population in our great city is perhaps not as, uh, well, it's bigger than what I thought it <laughs> yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. So look, maybe we could sustain a second team here. But in my mind, in this order, I'd like to see a second New Zealand team and then probably a team in Darwin. And then maybe Newcastle or Canberra. Newcastle has a really, really good population. Yeah, for that. Got, yeah. I think they're like 300 and something thousand. So they, they could actually sustain that really well. My issue with Darwin has always been the population. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a really transient population. Yeah. They get a lot of people that, that are there. Mining and stuff. Yeah, they're there seasonally. Yeah. Trying to get them to commit. And look, they don't have to have a 15,000 seat stadium the way that they do in some places. Oh, no, of course not. They, no, could, no, no. they could get away with something like a Tasmania where they of course. have to get four and a half there. Yeah, yeah, even three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that could be quite good. And so, I like the NBL strategy of attacking markets that don't have a professional team. Yes. Corner the market like Tassie did. I think that's a good strategy. That's where Darwin would work. That's where potentially Townsville could work. Maybe a little bit close to Cairns. I'm not sure about that one, but Newcastle would work well. So, yeah, you could, you could certainly do that. The one that absolutely gold coast well, that, well actually, oh, that's the second one yeah okay the one that blew my mind was them talking about the philippines yeah that's crazy so they don't realize how difficult it is to get to manila oh it, it's just crazy crazy it's, it is like an eight hour flight it's probably a talking point i suggest i mean new zealand is one thing it's geographically a little bit closer it's and it does place. make some more sense but there's some major cultural differences just why bring in extra country? I think Australia and New Zealand is a good way to go. To, Let's keep it that to way. Go from Hobart to Manila. I mean, you're going to have to trans. I had a quick look on some of the, the airlines' websites, and you're talking about like massive transits most days in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. Yeah, no. So you're talking probably 14, 15 hours of direction. You could get to Europe in almost Just that about. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you, you talk about the three hours, four hour flight across to Perth, and that's bad enough. Yeah, we, we talked to multiple people who have said that that trip is a killer. Well, I'm only 6'1", and I hate sitting in a plane. So if you're 6'5 or above, it's very uncomfortable. Yep. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right, though. And then the Gold Coast has a track record. It's not a sporting town. No, not at all. It's, it's just, a party town. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Uh, how many times do they have to fail? To, like, well, it's well, incredible. It's, what, twice already. Yeah, exactly. Like the Rollers and the Blaze. The Blaze, yeah. Both and, and the Blaze had a good roster. They, they recruited well. They got guys like... like Golding was there for a little Golding bit. was there. Harvey was there as Adam well. Adam Gibson, I think. Was Adam Gibson was there. Yeah, I think he might have been their captain even. Yeah, no, no I, I think that's a crazy one, that one. Mm. Yeah. And look, maybe the second WA team, what do you think? Is it because we're that much of crazed Wildcats fans that we don't even want to ent entertain the notion? Or... No, it just it feels different to when the Dockers started. Well, footy's a much bigger sport. That's the thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a bigger sport. You had a lot of people that had allegiances to VFL teams that kind of went, oh, I'm from WA. And this was a conversation that that was also had on Twitter where, yeah, I all of a sudden feel like I've got a team that I can kind of yeah. really, that just resonates with me because yeah. I grew up around Fremantle. If there is another team 
so be it but are they going to share the same stadium how's that well that's right it starts to bastardize the existing team and Mm. and yeah i don't know interesting look i'm prepared to concede a little bit more than my initial reaction which was probably an overreaction and i probably shouldn't have been looking at twitter while i was at work and i probably should have looked at our population as well but yeah i don't know I, i don't i'm not i'm not convinced it will be a wise decision and it's definitely not a wise decision to expand too quickly i like newcastle I like yeah, Newcastle, yeah. I like Darwin. That's a good. second New Zealand team, I think, is fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. one on each island, I think would be good. The Wellington Wellies or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hmm. there you go. Uh, the other thing, real quickly, is Shaq's caught a real, caused a real stir, hasn't he? His appearance has been massive. Do you see the lights? He's been everywhere. Yeah, incredible, apart from Perth. Yeah. But that's right, we're far away. <laughs> we, don't, yeah. we, don't, we don't count, that's yeah, why. Yeah. yeah, sensational. Oh, look, it's great to get big name players like that coming down under. I don't even know why he was here in the first place. No, I don't either, actually. But uh, I haven't done my research on that one. But uh, what I'm what I'm kind of pleased to see is how, how many young people that wouldn't have ever seen him play, apart from highlights, are that crazy about seeing him. So that's good. Did he also tweet, good day, mate? I don't know. Did he? No. no. <laughs> Said Shane Hill was his favourite Aussie player. Yeah, did you see they got a photo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was probably caught up, I would imagine. That was really cool. Yeah, I loved yeah, it. yeah. So footy codes, Nath, we've got a couple of footy codes to talk about. We'll do the AFL first. Yes, know? and I must admit, in, in my what did you miss, I forgot to mention that I haven't seen any of the AFLW, I must confess. But uh, my girlfriend and I will go back and watch the Dockers game. We just weren't available when it was on, unfortunately. Do you know the result? No, actually. Okay. Managed to I'm, keep away from I'm, it. I won't mention yeah, it. Yeah. There we go. I don't know if we'll manage to keep away from it before. It depends when you and I wrap tonight. We might get True. to watch, but no, I yeah. I won't say anything. So, look, it's been kind of nice having a weekend off footy getting ready for the finals. I think it's, it, it was nice to take a week off, kind of reset, get ready for it all. But I, that's interesting. <laughs> As someone whose team's in the final, I'm just like, yeah, well, that's probably I want it. footy every day. <laughs> the weeks go too slowly until the weekend. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Yeah. But look, we had a good end to the home and away season. As I Cracking thought, end. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. West, fantastic. The Bulldogs made the eight, which yeah, is yep, yep. what was expected. Yep. As you expected, Securita gave you a pretty decent run for your money. Yes. And GWS gave free or a bloody good scare as well. But yes, 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 yes. Yep. Both got the four points, they which did. is the important yep. thing. Yep. And after we recorded that choke special about Collingwood choking to Carlton in the 1970 VFL grand final, Collingwood got revenge by kicking five goals to yeah, nothing. Yeah, they sure did. Stun the Blues. Oh, man. I couldn't believe that. I was watching the progress score of that one. And then when I saw the final, I was like, holy shit, what happened? You could actually hear the moment that Carlton's fans' hearts exploded. Can I give you a stat now? I'm going to mention him a few times today because he's just wonderful. I dare, say, I dare say I've got this one as well. Oh, okay, smallest differences in percentage to scrape into the finals? Ah, oh, no, I don't know that one. Okay, so we're talking in less than percentage points here, right? So 0.483% the dogs over Melbourne in 2017. Then the next best, 0.542% the dogs over Carlton this year. So it was razor thin, razor thin. That Adelaide loss is going to really come back to haunt. Absolutely. For the record, Essendon over Footscray in 1955, 0.613. And then the next two on the list, 1.466. Collingwood over Fitzroy, 1925. 2.638. St Kilda over Essendon, 1963. Which is still close enough. Yeah. And yep. it's still close enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, the one I was actually going to talk about was it was only the second time that a side was knocked out of the finals with a one-point loss in the final round. The other time was also Carlton in 1944. Oh, right. And on that occasion, they were also knocked out by what's great? Ah, the, there you the go. Western Bulldogs. There you go. And that 1944 Carlton side finished on 48 points as well. 
There you go, right. Mm. Don't you love those little statistical oh, anomalies? Crazy. Mind you, they played a lot fewer games back then. True. So that, that was a team that finished like 12 and 6. Right, and right. They, and they didn't make it. Well, I'm telling you, it's, yeah. Yeah, we had a top four back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not heaps less games. But um, Swampy again, 11 games Collingwood won by under 12 points. The next best is 8 Melbourne in 1989. Yeah, it's nuts. So, yeah, just what a crazy season for Collingwood too. And the other thing we need to mention, Stewie, is that Carlton were literally in the finals after every single round apart from the final round. Yep. And as you mentioned on the phone to me when we had a quick chat, you reminded me about the Wildcats. They did, they did a Wildcats, yep. Yeah, yeah. So 1947, Collingwood, 1977, Carlton, 2022, Carlton. The only three teams to not be in the finals after spending every other round in the top, whatever it might be. It's currently eight. But whatever the finals contention, probably four basically yeah, for, 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 a time, for a time. Yeah. So yeah, look, a, a crazy finish. We had uh, yeah a bunch of blowouts on the Saturday, but I mean that was expected with West Coast playing Geelong, Port Adelaide playing Adelaide, and so on and so forth. But we got the good games on the Sunday. That was kind of what we were hoping for, and and it did. It made for a really exciting end to the home and away season, and sets us up for finals. How do you feel about them playing every single game in the final round at the same time so no team knows what's going on in the other games? Like they do in the EPL, they do it in the NFL too. I love it in theory, but I hate it in practice. Because it's just not good for viewing. Well, you can't, exactly. You can't yeah. watch them all at once yeah, unless yeah. you've got one of these amazing man caves with 15 different bloody teams. Yeah, 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 yeah. What if there were kind of flexible fixturing where the non-consequential games were played in the earlier slots and then the Sunday games were ones where... Everything gets affected. I can get more behind that, but I still don't like. I get it. Yeah, I do. Oh, look. To be honest, I'm not even 100 percent sure where I sit on the topic. To be honest with you, so I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I don't mind it in the soccer, and I I, I actually go back. There was a season where Rangers and Celtic, a massive Rangers fan, we were top of the table. Celtic were second, and it was all down to goal difference on the last day. Both of us were playing at the exact same time, give or take a couple of minutes, and it all just come down to whoever could win by more. And yeah, Rangers right. ended up winning, I think it was 6 nothing. Right. And there was the other incident. Uh, there was a Man City-Man United, which was just as big a rivalry yeah, as well. Yeah, huge, yeah, yeah. And that came down to the last game. I, I know that uh, Man United, they won their game one nothing. All that needed to happen, basically, was City needed to win. They were playing QPR, who were battling for relegation and QPR threw everything at them. They actually led 2-1, I think it was. Oh, God, go- I love those stories. Going into extra time yep. and all of a sudden it's revealed, oh, QPR are safe, they can't get relegated and all of a sudden City score two goals right. and win it at the end. The uh, the Aguero goal that, that put them ahead, I, I just yeah, I nearly tore the roof off because <laughs> I, I don't like Man United. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, no, yeah. So, Evil so I do kind of like it there, but maybe not so much in the footy. Yeah, as I say, I'm not even sure where I stand on it. I'd have to give it more thought. Yeah. Yes. So, no, we've got to get there. Oh, well, look, it's fine. I knew it was going to happen. You had consecutive nines to finish the season. Yeah, can't ask So, you beat me that. in tips by three. Well done. Yeah, 143 to 140. It's, yep. uh, it's, look, it's a good result for me. But as you said, I'm sure you'd be much happier if the Swans did well in the final. Well, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I just... I just knew you were going to win the tipping, so it's no surprise um, I'm at peace. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, no. Well, you said consecutive nines to finish. Yeah, there's not much you can do there. Yeah, (laughs) and I think I had an eight and a seven, and that's our difference, basically. Yeah, it is when you think about it. Yeah, so... This is the thing for us. Because we didn't really know where we were for those last couple of weeks... Which was a good way to do it, and I 
prefer to do it again like that next season mm. i think i think it's nice to kind of go in a bit blind and that way you're only just you, you can't you can still kind of predict yeah, who the other yeah. person will tip but you don't know for sure and well, yeah an idea but yeah that's interesting i didn't realize that it was actually tied going into that last two weeks wow there you go well i didn't either until i kind of worked it out i had yeah. eight and a seven you had two nines and there's three mm. right there crazy so, yeah all right so before we get into tipping the finals yes that's coming up how dumb is it having a Thursday night and no Sunday game? Yeah, look, I don't love it. Look, I get it in the sense that they want people to be healthy. They don't want the short turnaround. You especially don't want to see a Sunday night team playing on a Friday, although that would be really poor fixturing. It would be. I get it in a sense. As someone who lives in Perth, who doesn't finish work often until after bounce down, mm. I don't like... Even Friday night games are hard enough sometimes because... I'm meant to finish at 5.30. I never finish on time. I, I'm often working till six at least. So yeah, look, in that sense, I don't I don't love it. Some footy mad people probably like the Thursday night games. I personally don't love it. Yeah. But I understand why people might yep. like it. No, yeah. Fair enough. But I mean, it's hard for crowds. If you've got young kids, they've still got another day at school the next day. Yep. So that's a bit tough, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Don't love them. Mm. Yeah. Now, I know you're champing at the bit to get into tips, Stewie. Before we get there, I want to quote another Swampy tweet. I'm, I think I'm going to have to reference him in our episode tweet this week for, for all the great stuff that he does. Anyway, so the final eight teams versus each other this season. Sydney, 6-2, and two, percentage of 118. Geelong, 6-2, and two, percentage of 109. Melbourne, 5-6, and six, percentage of 111. Fremantle, 4-3-1, and one, that one being a draw, percentage of 95. Richmond, 3-3-1, three, three and one, that... Also having a draw, percentage of 107. Collingwood, three and five, which surprised me a little bit. Brisbane, three and five, which doesn't surprise me at all. And Western Bulldogs, three and seven. Well, Collingwood just beat up on all the, the shit teams in that. Yeah, clearly, yeah. So, yeah, look, it, it's it's interesting. It's probably not too surprising. Although I suppose as a Swans fan, you'd be like, well, if we were six and two against them, what the hell happened the rest of the season? Well, we ha- we dropped that game against Essendon in that really brief period where Essendon were playing well. We <laughs> caught them at the wrong time. And we also caught Port at the wrong time when Port were playing really well in that brief period. Mm. So look, most teams will drop will drop games they shouldn't against teams that they shouldn't lose to, whatever it is, taking your foot off the pedal, underestimating the opposition. It could it could be as simple as injuries. It could be as simple as you, you play a Sunday afternoon game the week before and then you turn up and lose a Friday night game. Thursday the following. night. Or Thursday. <laughs> we did have some Thursdays this week. Yeah. So there are a lot of things in fixturing where these kind of anomalous losses can happen. So, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, no, I haven't kind of drilled down further to kind of work out. Yeah, but that's those are the numbers. Just hearing a lot of excuses, Nath. Well, no, it's just reasons. <laughs> it's just re- And look, younger no. teams struggle for consistency too. And we do have a lot of young young players. And look, they're playing magnificently well. That's why we're there, partly. Very, very but, true. But uh, yeah. Actually, on that point as well, another Swampy yes. that, that I saw. Yeah, I know. We almost need to give him a gift. The number He's of- definitely a nice he for our... Very nice. He should have been nice on all our Christmas That's episodes. That's true. We'll have to give him a mega gift, I think. So you mentioned that the... The, the number of sort of young guys you've got in your team. I actually saw a graph that showed all of the games that AFL teams were the younger team in their matchups. So out of the 22 they played, how many times were you the younger? No surprise, teams like Geelong, who did it, they were always the older team. Yeah, yeah. Richmond only played two games as the younger team, probably against Geelong, as it would turn out. <laughs> and then you had Adelaide at the other end of the spectrum. They were the younger team every single time they played. I was actually a bit surprised to North. see... 
Yeah, well, I, I don't actually know where North finished. Okay, well. Dockers are fairly young. Dockers are fairly young. They were sort of middle of the pack. They yeah, okay, yeah, that young. sounds about right. The one that actually surprised me was the Eagles, funnily enough. Only four times with the younger side. Well, and that's partly why it was such a disappointing season. But like, I know you had a really bad start. Yeah, and that, that's why I was surprised. I, I, yeah. I understand, you know, you've got Oscar guys, Allen. Like, guys yeah. like Hearn, Kennedy, Shuey. These guys are all a little bit older. But I would have thought with all the COVID issues we had at the start of the season that we would have racked up a few more of those where we were the younger team, but apparently not. Mm. All right, so let's give our tips for the, the first round. Yes, yes, indeed. Thursday night, Brisbane, Richmond at the Gabba. Richmond. I think that seems like a no-brainer right yeah, now. Yeah, I've lost all faith in Brisbane. I, like, that insipid performance, and we talked about it on the last episode, was just unbelievable to throw away a chance like that against a Melbourne team that had been struggling. They basically played Melbourne into form. They did. So I fucking hate the Lions, because now we've got <laughs> Melbourne in Melbourne. And we did beat Melbourne in Melbourne already this season, but, uh, yeah, no, I have no faith in the Lions no, at all. I agree entirely. I, I think Richmond have hit a really, really good purple patch right now. They're scary. I think Brisbane are just, yeah, they're no good against decent sides. So I, I would not be surprised if Richmond win this one quite comfortably. Don't know about comfortably, but I'll tip them to win. When I say comfortably, like five, six goals. Oh, the, oh yeah, that's comfortably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in finals too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, you, oh, definitely. so you think it'll be less than that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Maybe two or three no, no, goals. Yeah. 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 The the only reason I would even agree with that slightly is because it's in Brisbane. If it was at anywhere else, if it was in Melbourne, I, I think this would be almost over at halftime. Oh, yeah. If it was in, no, no, definitely. If it was in Melbourne, I'd be picking the Tigers by a lot more. Hmm. Definitely. Now, I very obviously know the answer to this based on what you just said. Friday night, Melbourne and Sydney at the McG. Well, I'm not going to get to see this live because we're going to the Kiss concert here in Perth. I have a weird kind of experience with Kiss concerts and footy. Over the years, but anyway, I'll look. I'll say I'll pick the D's by ten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ten goals. So like 10 kind, goals, kind of not <laughs> not a nail biter, or kind of nearly a nail biter. And that, yeah, no, ten can be a nail biter depending yeah, yeah. on how it goes. Yeah. Like twenty two ish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you think four goals? You think that comfortable? I don't think that. That's one goal a quarter. That's not that much. Yeah, but when all said and done, it's pretty comfortable. Finals games tend to be a bit low scoring. Footy is a bit low, more low scoring than it used to be. Anyway, four goals is a pretty good win. Yeah. You'll uh, take four goal win every week. Oh, uh, look, you would, but I still, yeah. No, I'm, yeah, no, well, I'm that's a, your tip. I'm fair enough. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right, Saturday, Geelong and Collingwood, also at the McG. The fact that it's at the G does make it a bit more interesting. I'm going to pick Geelong by, oh, do we need to do margins? Not really. I'll pick Geelong. Yeah, I, I fairly hate, comfortably. I hate the fact that Collingwood get to play their away final at their home ground. Like, yeah, I get it. You're going to get a way bigger crowd at the MCG, but... like, Well, especially given that that Cadenia Park's having extensions done. So there's fewer seats than usual because... What a, what a reward for Geelong winning the minor... Well, it's the VFL, Shui. Oh, I'm at the CAFL, Shui. This is how it works. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Maybe it's the MFL. Melbourne Football League. Like, I understand for a prelim or a grand final, I just think in the first round of the finals, the first week... They've, they've finished two games clear, which is a decent margin. And they get, oh, yeah, and comfortable. They, and they get to play at their opponent's home deck. It's just, I don't know. I don't like it. Well, I don't love it either, but it's it's the way it is. Well, look, yeah, sh- shouldn't be. Yeah. But no, I agree. Geelong, I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be too comfortable. I wouldn't be surprised if this is inside a couple of goals. Yeah. I think it'll be comfortable enough. Four goals. Just 
Collingwood tend to pick it up a little bit in these. Oh, look, anything can happen. I wouldn't be surprised if Collingwood won. Mm. Anything can happen, but my gut tells me Geelong somewhat comfortably. Yeah. Get this. Speaking of the Cats playing at the G and stuff, Scott Pendlebury, so he's been in the league, what, 17 seasons, 18, a long time, right? He's never played at Cardinia Park in a home and away season. Wow. The one time he's played there was in the preseason and he only played a half or something. Huh. I heard him on Triple M the other day. Far out. So, so the the blockbuster matchups are going to be at the G. Yeah. It's just how it goes. Doesn't mean I have to agree with that. Oh no, 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 of course, but that's how it is. Yep. All right, and the last one Saturday, Fremantle and the Western Bulldogs at Optus. Yeah, I think I think the Dockers will win. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be real close. I think it'll be similar. I think the Melbourne Sydney and the Frio Dogs games will be fairly close, like possibly under two goals each. But I do think the Dockers will get over the line. I ummed and art about this one like a hundred times. I, I've written Fremantle down, but I don't have any confidence. I will change it if it starts looking like it's going to rain because again, yeah, well, rain wouldn't be good. No, I think at this stage it's just meant to be overcast. But the, I mean, we're still several days out. I think if Rory Lobb doesn't play well and doesn't kick a few goals, then it gets infinitely tougher mm. because they're a different team when he puts a couple of goals on the board. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But and yeah. that's and that's their Achilles heel is goal scoring and forwards. Yeah. All right. Well, that's boring. We picked the same. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it's what it is. Yeah. I think I think we'll probably be doing that for the first couple of weeks, and then it'll get a little bit tougher in the prelims. But well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So part of the reason why we've kind of changed our recording schedule a little bit is because my girlfriend and I will be going over to Melbourne. We'll both be seeing family and friends there, but we'll also be going to the footy. If we can get tickets, I think we should be able yeah, to. Easy. If it's Freo Collingwood, which is a very good chance, assuming Freo win and Collingwood lose, that would be the game we get. And we have friends that have Dockers memberships that can't be used. So we might be able to even get a seat Jeez. in the Dockers cheer squad if we can, which would be good. You're right. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. So Commiserate around a bunch of other Dockers. Well, fans. who knows? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't like <laughs> It'd be tough. I wouldn't, no, like I, wouldn't know that. I, I wouldn't be picking them in that no. game unless there was a major injury to the Pies or something. But uh, yes, so I'll look forward to talking about that when I get back. If you make it back. Well. You might fall in love with the city and stuff. Oh, okay. I was okay. meaning the plane's <laughs> going to fall out of the sky. <laughs> Christ. Don't make me quote Rain Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, just quickly, mate, all Australian, we've got to kind of talk a little bit about this. I hate the fact that Tom Hawkins is the captain of that team when he's not even the captain of his own team. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, same thing happened with Buddy a few years ago. Yeah. It's what happens. I can't stand it. You've got, what, three captains? No, four. Paddy Cripps, Took Miller, Max Gorn and Callum Mills all in their leadership group at their clubs. Thank you for bringing up Max Gorn. I've got a great stat on him for All-Australian. Fewest career games to collect six All-Australian Guernseys. Max Gorn with 179. There you go. Nathan Buckley, Matthew Pavlich, Robert Harvey, Wayne Carey, Chris Judd, and Patrick Dangerfield, the next on the list. Thank you again, Swampy. So Bucks was 183, so it was close. Another one from Swampy about Max Gorn. Max is tall. Ah, good. Thank you. Very good. Very, very Perhaps good. Perhaps his best yet. Look, as I say, it's it's an amazing honour for him because he's been a stalwart of that Geelong football club and the league as a whole. And he just gets better with age as well. He, he does. And he, to think that he shares a forward line with Cameron and Stengel, who are both kicking lots of goals, it's amazing. It's amazing what Geelong have produced this yeah. season. I, I just, I still don't like seeing non I, I don't know. Anyway, it is what it is. Well, I think, I don't know. I think maybe, you, maybe for me, 
I'd consider giving the captainship to the player that's deemed to be the best player of the whole league. And that as a reward in that sense. Potentially. I mean, what what if there was a scenario where no captains were selected onto the team? And and that's I've I've actually mentioned You've that. Thought about is, that. Is that, yeah, that, okay. that is like that's the only time where I'm happy for a non-captain to be named the captain. Because obviously, yeah, if there's no one there, fair enough. Someone's gotta do the whole I'm the captain now sort of thing. Like I get that. Well, it's just a team on paper anyway. It's a bit arbitrary, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. but so, still... the interesting thing was that they expanded the squad with many people speculating that there might be a second team, like all Australian second team. Yeah, oh, I don't, I don't want that. You don't. So, no. so do you wonder if maybe they intended to do that and then backtracked when they saw the public kind of speculate in the backlash? Why not make it a third team and then eventually just everyone gets a ribbon? Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, when you think that there's some positions full back, you can only have one full back in a team yep. generally. So you might want to reward the second best fullback in the competition with a I don't know all Australian reserves for example. Pretty I don't I don't hate it as much as some. Yeah. But but one of the pieces of logic that I found interesting. So I think it was Josh Jenkins that was like, oh well the All NBA has three teams, but it's like yeah but that's fifteen players. That's still seven less than less than, than, than a full Australian. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you, yeah, it's apples and oranges there. It is. I, I, look, if it had happened, I wouldn't have been too disappointed but i know a lot of the purists don't like yeah it. i wouldn't have lost any sleep over it but i've just been like you can't like again you feel bad for all of the guys in all of the previous seasons that haven't yeah yeah missed out on, on an all australian selection because it's changed like and i understand that change has to happen at some stage but yeah anyway thoughts on any snubs sicily is the obvious one when you see the stats yep uh, like the leader in many many defensive stats well player ratings disposals uncontested possessions meters gained marks rebound and, 50s inside 50s and score involvements and second in it and i was gonna say then he was second in one as well yeah a lot of the eagles fans are banging on about tom barras yeah, sam nah. taylor is the best fullback in the competition i don't, I don't have a problem with barras not making it every gws game i've seen this season taylor has been magnificent yeah, and the like the Dockers just kept kicking it to him in that oh, final game. Drove me nuts. But no, he's a really, really and look, Barras is excellent too. Barras was excellent in that derby. Yeah. I'll be honest, I haven't seen a lot of Eagles games this season. He's a very, very fine player. Yeah, haven't missed much. Yeah, well, it's uh, yeah. He, Barras would be all AFL second time. Yeah, yeah. Potentially, him and Sicily would probably slot in there, I guess. But well, yeah, Sicily might be a snub. Tom Stewart's an interesting one for me. He missed five games; four of them were through suspension. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The He's suspension. a very, very good player, but that one's a bit on the nose. Potentially. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. No, I, I, I agree with that. That's, yeah. That that is a bit iffy. It's it is hard because again, where do you draw the line? What percentage do you look at before you go mm, not eligible anymore? Yeah, I think I think there has to be a games played threshold. Mm. Unless you're a bloke who maybe missed six games but won the Coleman by twenty goals or something. Like yeah. then you go, okay, well, there's clearly the best full forward. But that's that would be a pretty rare occurrence. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's a hypothetical that may never happen. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Lynch is another one that's kind of interesting for me. Second in the the Coleman. Yeah. Like sixty goals for a Richmond side that okay, they weren't at their best, but well, they made finals. But he was the spearhead of their attack. I mean, doesn't even make the bench. Yeah. Well, I and mean, this is this is a case for another. Yeah. Team, yeah. No, I, I get. To that. be honest, I you know, that. because the, the forwards ahead of him were all excellent. And the, the Stingle story is just amazing. It, it? it is. Like, yeah. what a redemptive... It's just fantastic. And you're, you're right. Like, Hawkins and Cameron made each other and their teammates better. They are both incredible field kicks. So I think they probably... Strong marks. They probably impact the game a little bit more than Lynch does, whereas he just kicks goals. But, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, you can make a case for Charlie Cameron. You can make a case 
Jared Witts, you can make a case for Marcus Bontempelli, but I'm I'm glad that he missed out because I don't think he had as good a season as his previous. No, year. and you shouldn't get it just because you've got, you're a name. Also, well. and not just because of that, but like yeah, he's bloody good. But player. that does happen, and it has happened in the past. Yeah. Like, oh, let's stick someone on the wing who isn't a wingman. You know? Yeah, I can't remember. Who, it might have been Bont even. Jared, who was Jared Wits. I, I no. can't remember who. Or Danger yeah. or someone. Who was it? Oh, I can't remember. Someone who hadn't even played on the wing all season. Yeah. But I think might have was, it was it Danger. That no, was one of the one of the Bulldogs. It might have been like Dunkley or someone. Oh, okay. I don't know. Someone of, of that. It's a few seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, look, it's a tricky one. I don't feel like I watched enough footy this season to make real compelling cases for that. But instead, let's just celebrate the guys that made it. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. No, great recognition. And look, it's been a spectacular season. Really enjoyable. Yeah, and look, it, it helps when your team finishes third. But it has been a really good season. Yeah. Take your word for it. Can't wait for the finals. Can't wait for three years from now. <laughs> it might be five. Mm. <laughs> so, no, a bit of NFL. Yes. You've had your draft. Yes. So, I have. So I'm very happy. I, I I know two of the names you've put up there. <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> Shock horror, Josh Allen and Cooper Carr. Ah, yeah, very good. There very good. There weren't really many other players I knew anything about. But, so um, I'll dig up my list here. And look, there is an adage that's doing the rounds more recently saying, no one cares about your fantasy NFL team. So I'll try not to talk about fantasy NFL too much this season because I do understand that. So it's an interesting league. We have two, two keepers. So you're allowed to keep two players and... That means you don't get a, re- a draft pick in the round that you selected them last year plus one. So I think I got Cooper Cup in the sixth round last year, which is crazy when you think about mm, it. That is. So he was he represented my fifth round pick, okay. if that's correct. That's kind of the basic idea of it. So I kept him and Josh Allen because I didn't have compelling running backs that I wanted to keep. So And I selected Josh Allen a bit later too because quarterbacks go a bit later. So I was happy with those keepers. But then I traded my second round pick for Debo Samuel. So my core was quarterback and two wide receivers to start. And then I had pick five in the first round because I traded up from the bottom pick of the first round. I was really worried I wasn't going to get a running back I wanted. And I thought I'd only get one out of these two guys, but I got both of them. So I got Aaron Jones and Cam Akers, which I'm really happy about. But I also got Chase Edmonds, who I think will be really good in Miami this season. I think he could get some touchdowns. And then I also got J.K. Dobbins and Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce in Houston, bit of a rookie steal. And then I also, look, some of my receivers are a bit older. I tried to go with guys that I thought might be a bit more reliable. Michael Thomas has been super reliable when he's not injured. That one's a bit iffy. Brandon Cooks is reliable. Amari Cooper, eh. I didn't... Risk-reward. Risk it is it is definitely risk-reward. So he's burned me in the past when he was a bigger name and when I picked him higher. But I got him in a really good spot. Like A lot of people around me were like, damn, I was going to go him next. I think he'll get a lot of targets in Cleveland. So that's why I went with him. Same with DeAndre Hopkins, got him in my very last pick of the draft because he's going to miss the first six games. But hey, after that, from round seven onwards, he's a steal in the final round. Yeah. And then I got Mapletron. Oh, nice. Chase Claypool. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. And then rounding out Zach Ertz, Matt Gay, and Green Bay's defense and special teams. But I streamed them, so my tight end and, and defense special teams will probably change numerous times over the season. Could you hear the banjo inside my head as I was trying to figure yeah, out? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, this is more for our listeners than for you. Like for those that know, yeah, well, I'm really happy with my team. And ESPN ranked my team second in our league. But there'll be no easy games. Every This is the joy of an eight-team league is everyone gets pretty stacked rosters. Mm. But I'm really stoked with my two starting running backs. Really stoked to have Edmonds coming off the bench. Nice. So there you go. 
Well, from one relatively good news story to a not so great one. No, no. And there was an update recently too. There was. Yeah. So Buffalo punter Matt Areza has been, has he been charged or he's he's definitely been I believe he's been implicated charged. Yeah, in a gang rape situation, which is absolutely horrible on a girl that was underage too. She was 17. So the Buffalo Bills have actually cut him. And look, I'm a bit iffy on that. Like, they've kept him out of the preseason finale, which I think is a good thing. It's more than what Cleveland did. Well, starters often won't play in the preseason finales anyway. True, but, true. Yeah. But, but I think, you know, leaving him out of that's a good choice. I don't know if I agree with... And I, there are a lot of people commenting on social media, what happened to innocent until proven guilty, yes. all of that sort of stuff. And, yeah. you know, this is one accusation versus 25 or 24. So it's, you know, it's a big difference. Look... There are no winners in situations like these. Absolutely not. It ruins lives. It ruins families. There's there's nothing good about it. No. But I guess, like, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to say good on the team for, for cutting him, but at the same time, like, you still have to give him the benefit of the doubt until such time that he's charged and proven guilty. Yeah, least. you have to wonder that perhaps they think that he's done it. Okay. Yeah. I suspect there might be some more knowledge that's not public. Potentially. And and yeah. look, at the end of the day, just because he's an NFL player should never mean that he's above any of this stuff. Like, no, of course not. Like, no. If, if he's found guilty, by all means, throw the book at him, put him away for life, quite frankly. And look, it's very easy for us to think that sports people tend to do more horrible shit. But if you actually think about how many players there are in any given league, oh, it's, it just makes news because it's horrible and it's salacious and, and the old adage, if it, if it bleeds, it leads but like the media likes horrible stories mm. because it sells and we like it i mean there's a reason true crime is so popular i was listening to that on the drive well exactly and look at everything on streaming services there's all sorts of stuff that's out there that, that you see them in the top 10 lists and all sorts of things so yeah I, I think it's i think it's fascinating in a way because you sort of look at it and you think like how could a person allow themselves to do that like yes okay there's temptations of the flesh but that's like 10 steps past that i'll never understand yeah like there's certain situations that i'll never understand yeah yeah this, this yeah. is it so yeah it's it's not great it did leave the bills in a very interesting position though in that match against the carolina panthers they didn't have a punter on their roster you're right they probably used their place kicker no they used backup quarterback matt barkley oh yeah well pat mcafee the colts punter back in the day was a backup quarterback too mm. so it does happen yeah he absolutely shanked one though. Yeah, well, you have a like, limited amount of roster spots. Yeah. So there's a reason why teams will often... Yeah, I'm not surprised that happened. I, I think his four punts went for a total of 120 yards. He had one that went about 33, and I think it came off his shin. Right. Oh, it's just, just a stopgap in the... Who yeah, cares about the preseason? But yeah. they still gave him a high five as he ran off, so... You know. Well, hey, I mean, it's probably not what he expected to do, so it's a pretty tough kind of thing oh, to be thrown into. Yeah. Absolutely. Very, very different to you know, taking a snap and looking for a, a receiver, like that's big. Receiving it and then going, I've got to kick this as far as I can. Yeah, big difference. But Buffalo are my Super Bowl pick and they don't, they will not want any any distractions at all. So it's no wonder that they cut this guy. It yeah. just means less media focus on it and it means they don't have to talk about it as much. Yep, so true. I'm not surprised. And now, what made Stu say bloody hell? Well, the bloody hell this week is a bit of a farcical one. And it's one that I I don't even really like bringing up, but I feel like I have to. And it goes to James Harden and his ridiculous birthday celebrations this week. Our favourite player. Yes. But <laughs> no. <laughs> Look, first things first, happy 33rd birthday to James. 
it's good to see he's been in the gym. It's good to see he's been on the court working out. He's not going to come back this season like a pudding the way he usually does. <laughs> I love that. But I don't know about you. When I think about NBA players and birthday celebrations, he's the only one I can think of in terms of stuff that just keeps ending up on social media. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I kind of turn a blind eye to a lot of that. It's yeah. a bit, it's just noise as far as I'm concerned. I just concerned. couldn't think of anyone else aside from him. But I've seen two videos so far that really make it hard not to hate the guy. So the first one, he's on a yacht, got a whole bunch of people in there. They're all celebrating. He's in this really nice white outfit. And someone hands him his birthday cake and he just throws it out of the window of the yacht. Was it a sponge cake shoe or a sea sponge cake shoe? It- I've got to give my girlfriend credit. She yeah. made that joke when we were talking about this. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it, it didn't look, I don't even know if it was real, to be honest, because he put his hand on the side and nothing came off. It could have been one of those. Uh, it might be a weird tradition. It's still things. littering in the ocean. But this is it. It still goes in the ocean regardless. Talk about the British coastline and the shit that's floating around on the, no, you don't want to go to the beach in Britain at the moment. Yeah. You don't want to go to the beach in Britain ever. Well, yeah, I know. They have beaches. It's not like, yeah, geez, we're spoiled here. In yes, Perth. we are. Or WA, I should well, say. Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yes, the cake thing wasn't so great. You know, it doesn't look good. And then another video pops up. Now, there was a video last year of Harden giving a present to his friend, Lil Baby, not Lil Baby Davis. Oh, yeah. Is that a rapper? It's a rapper, yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, this year, Lil Baby has returned the favour. He opens up the the present and it's this really nice-looking bag. And he's like, oh, don't have that. That's awesome. He opens the bag up and there's a quarter of a million in cash just sitting there. Wow. It's obscene, isn't Just it? rubbing it in. Yeah, like, I know. Mate, yeah, yeah. Donate that shit to charity. If you're going to be yeah, yeah. over the top with it, you know, rubbing it in people's faces. This guy has more money than you could spend in a lifetime. It just, it makes my blood boil. Yeah. Quite frankly. Yeah, I know. It's hard for us to, yeah. Yeah. So to you, James Harden, and your ridiculous birthday celebrations, all I can say is bloody hell, man. Bloody hell. Oh, double. Bloody hell. So we'll smash through our last couple of sports. The BBL drafts just happened in the cricket. Do we want to talk about it? No. No. No, haven't had a chance to really take it <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, it just happened today. So. No, we want to talk about the really important thing in the world of cricket. Oh, gosh. The 660, because uh, they've put a 6 instead of the S yes, in 60. Yes. So it is the 660. Yes, 660. Fucking hell. <laughs> as yeah. If, as if the 100 isn't bad enough. Ahead of the Caribbean Premier League, it has been announced there will be a 10-over competition called the 60. And as I said, as if that wasn't bad enough, they've replaced the S with a 6. <laughs> the worst thing is that, I mean, how short does it get? A T1? Or just a T? Mm. And it's the toss? Well, let's, we'll talk about that in a second. I want to okay. quickly run through each of the... the oh, stuff. you've got some of the... Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's five parts to this that are, that are interesting. I want to get your thoughts on them. So first one, each batting team has six wickets. Yeah. I think that makes sense. No, you... Well, just stop fucking with cricket. No, I I know like, that, but like if nothing about this makes sense to me. If you're gonna but, if you're gonna do this, you don't need ten wickets for ten overs. No, no. So I don't mind that. I think Well, so- but to be honest though, what like what's the idea here? They want people scoring as much as possible. So wouldn't you give them the full amount of wickets so that they can go harder i mean if they're three down early they're going to slow down yeah. and the score will be uh, there's nothing about this competition i like all right all right it's shit cool it's yeah. helping kill one day it Look, pisses me off i think the reason i don't mind that is because it doesn't swing the game too far towards the batters it keeps the yeah okay keeps, okay keeps the bowlers in the yeah game, in the okay. game a little bit okay like i get it fours and sixes are sexy that's what it's about wickets are not 
there has to be some sort of battle between the bat and the ball. It can't just be, oh, we're five down after six overs, but we can still swing. But this is part of the problem I have. A good bowling is sexy. It should be sexy. A good entering Yorker cleaning someone up. Oh, like, yeah. it's, it's great. Like... Yeah, it's a shame that that bat keeps winning over ball. But like, there's nothing sexy about a guy being caught on the mid-wicket boundary. Like that's um, no, unless, not... unless it's like a diving one-hander. Yeah, Steve Smith took an amazing one today. Like I didn't see the game, but I saw some highlights. He took it great. Yeah, in the outfield. But there's not many, yeah, yeah. There's not many that are that exciting. Really, yeah, so. yeah. So you know, there's that. All right, let's get into. You're on an uphill battle with me. In, no, one. no, no. Well, that's yeah. the only one that I really like. So okay. Number two, batting teams can unlock a floating third power play over if they hit two sixes in their initial two oh, over power Jesus play. Jesus Christ. Give them a get out of jail card and what else can we do? Yeah, I, like it's not cricket anymore, is it? Is it cricket anymore? Oh, look, it's so gimmicky. It, it is. I, I'm not a fan of rewards being reliant on actions. Yes, exactly. So like saying that you only get the third power play if this happens. Yeah. Teams are going to go for it and then get out and then they're going to blow, blow games because of it probably too. Look, you know what? Like that's something you could look at and they they were looking at things like the, you know, the power surge and all of that sort of stuff in the big bash and some of those or, or going after that bonus point after the, the 10 over mark. And sometimes people were looking at that and going, well, that's cost teams games. Yeah, yep. So like I kind of get it, but yeah, I, I just don't like having something being, because that's a massive advantage. Of course. Having a third, oh, it's a huge. third over out of yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just farcical. Just because can you imagine like 30% of a 50 over match? So having like. Yeah. Less fielders. <laughs> yeah. Everyone in the circle. 15 overs of power play. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's a, not a great one. Crazy. Third one teams will bowl five consecutive overs from each end rather than switching after each over. Why? Yeah. That's my question as well. I don't understand Why? the purpose. I don't think it speeds it. Well, anymore. again, it's just making up bullshit. Like, see, I'd love to. Go and find out why. Like this is, this couldn't be more head scratching. Yeah, I, I think that seems really unnecessary. It messes the rhythm of bowlers. People are going to end up having to switch ends in the middle of their spell anyway. I, I just, yeah, I don't understand that. Doesn't make sense. If a team doesn't bowl their ten overs in forty-five minutes, they lose a fielder for the final six balls. <laughs> Uh, we're going to see a lot of time wasting from the batters. And, and this is this is the thing. Yeah, a lot of gardening. I don't mind this rule if the whole idea of this format is for people who can't watch for more than 90 minutes in a row, but there has to be some sense to it. Like if it does come down to fielders moving around too much, then sure, that's a team penalty. You can live with that. But if someone hits a bunch of sixes and they can't find the ball or as Or you if say, you're a team that has more pace bowlers than spin bowlers, that's just how your roster is made yeah, up. It's it just So this favors the spinners potentially. Yeah, it doesn't seem fair. Less than five minutes and over. It's tough. It is tough. So yeah, I'm not... Not sure I love that. This is the worst one for me, though. Fans will be able to vote for a mystery free hit via an app or website. Now, let me explain this to you because I've actually seen how it works. (laughs) I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. (laughs) So basically, people go onto the app or the website and they vote for a specific delivery within that that innings as the mystery free hit. Let's call it the spot fixing, uh, match fixing, betting. (laughs) Jesus this is outrageous. I didn't even realize I I hated the concept before I knew these fucking rules. Yeah. This is oh so, wow, this is such Mickey Mouse. So stuff. I saw one earlier oh. today. I saw a video of it where they were just about to start. I think it was like the third over of the match. And the umpire gets in the earpiece and all of a sudden starts signaling free hit. And so basically, like if you're 
if you're an, an opposing team, like wouldn't you just go, oh, the free hit's like the first ball when you've got no rhythm? Yes. And then for your own team, you'd put it in like in the final line. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah so, yeah. so it's advantageous. Yeah. yeah. I, I just oh, it's ridiculous. It, it is. Oh man. But, like move the goalposts. Don't give teams control of it. I don't get it. Like it's I'm not a fan. I <laughs> this is a disaster waiting to happen. Yes. So uh yeah, I, I I've come up with some ideas. And you, you sort of mentioned before like the T1 or oh, just the T, the whoever T. wins the toss wins. And then you can have Mr. T. I pity the fool who don't win the toss. I pity the fool who doesn't pick tails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tails never fails, sucker. <laughs> oh man. So I've actually I've put three down as well. So the toss, yeah. I yeah. Love, love that idea. Away captain chooses head or tails. The result is generated by a smartphone app because no one's got time to throw a coin or a bat anymore. No, and if you haven't picked the toss within 4.5 minutes, then the other team wins automatically. Yes. Yeah. And they lose a player for the rest of the tournament. Yes. Yep. Then you've got the talk. Each, <laughs> each team. Isn't that what parents have with their children? Yes, right? it is. Yeah. This one's slightly different. So <laughs> each team says the word cricket, and 13 year olds vote for the winner through some social media platform I've never heard of, like Snotter or Type Chat. Or oh, yeah. Yeah. Some shit like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we've got the no show. Oh. Both teams don't show up at all because apparently it's too hard for people to keep playing cricket. And all teams are given participation medals just in lieu of actually competing. I like that. I think that's... the only thing missing from that is a play-in tournament. There's not enough participation <laughs> the, the, awards the, the given non, out. The non-play-in yeah, tournament. Yeah, that, that's basically. right. Yeah, yeah. The oh, stay-at-home tournament. It's ridiculous, honestly. I, I tell you what, though, I will. I will give you one thing I can think of that is a positive. I was talking to the old man about this one, and he actually said the way to make it worthwhile is couple it with a females game beforehand. So have the blokes play second, have the have the females play first. So that way you're dragging bigger crowds along. You're sort of you're helping the growth of female cricket. You're getting more people involved in that. All they have to do is maybe bring the rope in a little bit because obviously, you know, they, they that's what they do. Currently, yeah. Yep. But other than that, the, the rest of the, the setup is yeah, the same. So like you, I mean, you could have a curtain raiser in a T20. But I you could, yeah. If you're thinking about it, going, you can get two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Games. I know, I know what he's saying. I can get behind that. Yeah. Like if if you're saying, I don't know, not so much the BBL, but whatever you want to call it, like the, oh, I don't know, what do you what do you call it with the sixty in it? Oh, it's 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 infuriating. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, look, I, I understand that logic, but I I just hate the competition. Thank God, at least they have six ball overs, mm. so at least there's something reminiscent of cricket. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The fourteen, the hundred is uh, that's it's an act of terrorism as far as I'm concerned on, oh, on cricket. Like, on, okay. like it's it's just well, yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> it's a strong. I, word. I'm clearly being hyperbolic here, but but I just I I think it's I think in the short term it might be fun and exciting, but I think in the long term it's going to hurt the game, and I'm I'm well, worried about the direction cricket's yeah, heading in. It'll it'll hurt the the fifty over stuff. That's the concern. Yeah. Couple of quick notes to round out the cricket. Virat Kohli, the nineteenth of August saw a very special milestone for Virat, or, or more of a unspecial milestone. Well, special for the rest of the world. Yeah, okay. One thousand days since his last century in international cricket. He is nearly thirty-four years of age. His ODI average this year is less than twenty-two. It's dropped every year since twenty eighteen. He hasn't had a ton since twenty nineteen. Test-wise, looks even worse. 31.4 that he's averaging this year is his best average since 2019. Could he be on the way out? Well, stripping him of the ODI captainship makes a lot more sense now, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, we've, well, we've, we've been talking about Virat for a couple of years on the podcast. 
kind of in a bit of a downwards trajectory. So yeah, bit of a struggle. It's a shame because he was a very good player, True. one of the greats actually. Yeah, yeah. But hey, Father Time is undefeated, as they say. Very, very true. And look. That's not to say that there's not a plethora of young talent coming through that Indian lineup at the moment. Oh, yeah. Well, what was that famous quote on the great cricketer that one of the Chapel brothers... Oh, by the way, Ian Chapel's retired. I can't remember mm. if we talked about that. It'll be a shame to see him. I, I, I enjoyed Chapelli. I know a lot of people find him boring. I liked him. But um, Greg Chapel, what does he say? Like, if they got their act together, they'd have the nine best teams in the world because well, of their population. Population does yeah, help a lot, yeah. definitely. Now, James Anderson... We've gone from one guy who basically seems to be on the decline because of his age to Jimmy Anderson, who just seems to keep on keeping on, basically. He has done something that's never been achieved before in Test cricket. Now, the second Test between England and South Africa has actually just come to an end. England really turned the tables on South Africa. They went from an innings defeat to an innings win, which Mm. is uh, incredible. Yeah, it makes the third Test uh, interesting. Anderson had three wickets in both innings of that one, so he's still bowling very, very well. Part of his 100th test on English soil, the first cricketer who achieved that milestone of 100 in, yeah. one, in one country. Very good. Very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Sachin Tendulkar second with 94, Ricky Ponting third with 92, and a couple of other palms, Stuart Broad 91 and Alistair Cook 89, rounding out the top five. There you go. Very, very impressive. It's a new world in sports science, isn't it? You know, Tom Brady still... Seemingly at the top of his game at age 45, LeBron James averaged, what, 38 and 8 or so in, in year 40 as well. <laughs> like, it's it's crazy. It, it is. And look, part of me looks at it a bit cynically and sort of thinks, well, is that maybe a lack of up-and-coming bowlers in the English system? You know, you've Well, got- you've still got to perform, though, don't you? Like, yeah. And he's, he's still a bloody good player. It's not like he's doing nothing. He's bloody good on home soil. Oh, well, true. He doesn't, yeah, yeah. doesn't travel as well as he used to, but... But that's true of a lot of players. True. Yeah. But, but when you look at it, you've got a 40-year-old in Anderson and a 36-year-old in Broad still leading the way. You look at Australia's fast bowling lineup, you've got a 29-year-old Pat Cummins, 32-year-old Mitch Stark, 31-year-old Josh Hazelwood. Those three are all sort of in their prime. Hats off to Cam Green today, Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer, yeah. yeah. Very, very well. Got himself a Michelle. He did. But uh, look... On home soil, as we say, those two still among the absolute best in the game. So major hats off to Jimmy Anderson and uh, respect with respect to you. May he play another hundred in the next. Well, no one should be playing a hundred. <laughs> I'll set you up for that one, honestly. <laughs> oh dear. Now we've run out of time to talk tennis today. There's a little bit going on. Nick Kyrgios is facing the uh, the backlash from some pommy lawyer chick. Oh right, yeah the the uh, the one that's had seven hundred drinks or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah, I find that odd. Like, wouldn't you be suing the broadcaster for broadcasting the conversation between the player and the chair umpire? And as a lawyer, I, I could see a court throwing it out as a vexatious litigant. I, I I don't know. I find that one interesting. Look, Nate, she's not litigious, all right. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It's like, yeah, I'm not litigious, but I'm taking it to court. But I'm but I'm yeah, being yeah. super litigious. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Court stories. The Bryants got like $16 million or whatever for the Kobe footage or oh, videos. The, the late photos, yeah, yeah, a lot of sport court cases. Yeah, that's it. And thankfully, Novak Djokovic won't be going to court in America because he's not even going to try and get in. Yeah, well, we speculated this would be the case, so it comes as absolutely no surprise. Yeah, so we'll, we'll yeah. talk about the, the US Open probably when we get together next time, actually, because it'll be all over by then. Yes, indeed, yes. And Serena probably won't pass Margaret Court, and many thought that would be a fate oh, accompli, but... She probably won't pass round one. Yeah, well... Quite frankly. Yeah, well, she in the lead-up tournaments, she didn't do spectacularly no, well. she did not. No. Just just quickly as well, Got a, I've got one little story to round things out. It relates to Eugenie Bouchard. Oh, yeah. 
kind of a forgotten name in the world of female tennis, though, Bouchard. Former world number five, currently sitting at number 334. She's that low. She is. Wow. And someone after 2015 never really kind of put it together. She was right at the top of the, the, the tree, basically, for a little while. You and almost it, wonder if the off-court fame and attention maybe meant that she didn't focus on... I don't know. I'm purely speculating. I have no idea. And I'm so glad you mentioned that. Oh, mate, okay. Because okay. this little story actually relates a little bit to that. Right. So she's played her first tournament in over a year at the Odlam Brown Van Open in Vancouver. Why'd she wait a year? Oh, uh, just injuries and oh, yeah, general okay. general things. So she was a wild card to the event, and not surprisingly, she got rolled in the first round, 6-2, 6-2, by Ariane Hartono of the Netherlands. But what caught my attention around this was an issue with the credentials team who issued Bouchard with a lanyard, and that's what they do. They have the, oh, I saw this, the yeah. lanyard with a photo on it. <laughs> and instead of having the standard photo of the player's head, they've actually issued it with a photo of a 2018 Sports Illustrated swimsuit shoot that she did, Yes, which shows her in a very, very small swimsuit. Yes. It was hard to tell if she was annoyed by it, but pretty poor form by the organisers. Yeah, I think there. so too. Yeah, yeah this is almost a bonus bloody hell. Actually. It almost is. Yeah, it's a bonus. What caught your attention? And a yeah, you did, you did use that phrase. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I did see this one in the end. I, I completely forgot until you just mentioned the the lanyard. Yeah, yeah, a bit. Uh, it's pretty on the nose. It is a way. bit, unless unless there's a personal relationship we're not aware of. It on the face of it seems a bit on the nose. The, the fact that she posted a picture of it on her Twitter is yeah, basically yeah. saying, "Can someone explain this?" Yeah, like, yeah, that would suggest bad. she doesn't know the person. Yeah. Quick side note: Aussie Madison Inglis won her first round match against Disharmony Tan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, you know what that music means. Final thoughts time. Ah, another fortnight, another bunch of ridiculous stories. Yeah, a lot of interesting world. stuff. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And again, not all on the field, the court, the general sporting playing area. Place of play. Yeah, yeah it's, yep. it's, it's crazy. Very interesting, though, getting into finals time in the AFL, which is what we're kind of excited about. Oh, absolutely. Year. We're only a few days away now. In fact, by the time we release this episode, it might only be the day before the first match. So, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, hopefully the Swannies can do it for the out-of-Victorian people. Yes. Well, yeah, sure. Hopefully they do it for me. Until next time, I'm Nate. And I'm Stu. We are the Sportplex.